Welcome to the Enya Sisters podcast. This is episode 10 of season one. Today we are talking about relationships. This is going to be a fun one, so hold on to your seats. We are going to be going in order of the Enneagram type, starting with type one. So Enneagram type ones, we like to speak to the Enneagram type ones as being intimate and deep in relationship. So you know you are with a type one if you're having these deep conversations about anything and everything. Oh yeah. They prefer to be with someone who provides safety, who is very open and honest, um, who understands that they need to be black and white about things for the most part, and who tends to be direct. So they appreciate all of those things and actually prefer them in relationship. Um, Their tendencies are they lack vulnerability. So it's hard for them to open up. Brene Brown says that ones pretty much have a 20-ton shield that you have to somehow get off in order to get to them. Mm -hmm. And Brene Brown, as many of you may know, is a type 1. I, too, am a type 1. And they really are only vulnerable with the people they truly trust. Um, another tendency of theirs is they can't make mistakes. At least they feel they they don't want to or they don't want anyone to see them making mistakes. Um, and they're not going to be overly expressive with feelings. So if you are in a text with them, especially, and you're like, emoji this and kiss and hug and love you, XOXO, they might be like, see you there, period. So just so you know, they still love you. It's just they don't overly express those emotions unless they've been coached too. And then they might be working on it like myself. Um, what you want to watch for is them opening up to you. So if they're laying down their guard and they have start to open up to you and relate to you in a certain way, that's huge for them. So respond appropriately. And know that the way sometimes that they serve is a way to show love. So for instance, it might be through cooking if that's something they love, or it might be through giving you fitness tips. But if they're providing a service or knowledge or whatever it might be that you are noticing that they do quite often, that is a way that they are loving you. They may not say, I love you every single day, but that is a way that they love. So watch for that. Um, They truly desire to be honored. So one thing that I do in being a perfectionist is I have a way of making my bed, which I think I've talked about quite often. (laughs) And my husband now, 14 years later, has learned (laughs) how to make the bed. And I love him because I'm a crazy person, right? Ones get into their like black and white mentality when it comes to the little things like making the bed, but it really means a lot for you to acknowledge how important those little things are to us. Mm -hmm. And then when we do things that are out of our comfort zone, like for me, it's making dinner. I do not like to cook. I've never liked to cook. It's just not in my wheelhouse, but I do it because you know, I don't want my family to starve. So (laughs) I make meals. Are they the most gourmet meals that you might have in a restaurant? No, hardly. But when I make them, is it nice for you to appreciate that I have went out of my way to do something that I don't love doing because I love you? Yes. Mm -hmm. So these are the types of things that you should be looking for if you are in a relationship with a type one. 
And lastly, again, I want to repeat that their love isn't always obvious, but it is there. Good, great tips. So you'll know you have a two in your life because they're always helping. They're always caring. And um, they're aware of your feelings even when you aren't sometimes. They put your needs and feelings above their own. They even sort of feel how you are feeling. If they don't keep this in check, they will become heavy from carrying around everyone else's needs and never taking a break to realize their own needs. So twos need to learn how to become themselves separate from their relationships. They identify so closely with their relationships that they sometimes forget who they are. So if you have a two in your life, encourage them, especially when they are aware of themselves in health. If they're expressing themselves well and they're leaning into that healthy four side um, when they go to that and just being expressive and creative, that's so good for them. So it's important if you, if you are in a relationship with them to encourage that and maybe help make time for that to happen for those twos. Yeah, great. Those twos. And don't be too critical. Right. Because mm -hmm. they don't like that. All right, you know you are in a relationship with a type three if they are keeping up with appearances. And when I was writing that, I thought about that show. I don't know if you've seen it, but when we were younger, we were only allowed to watch certain shows. Yeah, and one of them was Keeping Up With Appearances, which was a British show uh -huh. on PBS. And it had this lady who, only in the best of English style, right, had to always keep up with appearances. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it was completely hilarious. You'll have to look it up, but she was imitating a type three, I'm sure. <laughs> So if you are a three, or if you are in a relationship with a type three, they prefer their heart to be in work. So you will know them because they will be workaholics. And it's not just that they're workaholics, it's that they love to work. They yeah. love their work, almost like they love a human being. So understand that if you are going to be in a relationship with a type three, you might want to like their work, whatever they're doing. <laughs> Um, they're very good at multitasking. They are the types that actually can multitask, mm -hmm. even though I've been told that that isn't a thing. And psychologically, you're still not able to 100% multitask. Maybe threes can. That's Maybe all. they're the only type out <laughs> of all nine, right? Um, and they are kind of undemanding on a relationship, which can be um, a negative thing depending on how you look at it, right? They, again, are going to be all work, no play. Um, they're dedicated to that. So you're going to have to be super, super important to carve away from work, carve, mm -hmm. carve them away from their work. Um, <clears throat> their tendencies, which you'll find, is they don't really understand feelings. So it's hard to be in a relationship with a type three unless you know this. They, again, are keeping up appearances, but they don't really know how to feel or even how to help you understand how to make them feel. Mm -hmm. So they're very much stuck in this un uh, misunderstanding of feelings altogether. Um, in a relationship, they tend to make it a business partnership. They're definitely the ones that are like, okay, we're going over the budget. We're going over the entire family planning this March, and then we'll kind of just go from there. 
you know. So mm-hmm. they're going to be your planners, but very much a transaction as opposed to like <laughs> relationally, let's see how this goes. It's more like, okay, check, moving on. What else do we have going on here? Mm-hmm. So again, that's an achiever's mindset, right? So with someone being in a relationship with a type three, I would say try to move them away from that um, and know that that is going to be a trigger. Like we mentioned, they're workaholics. And one thing, we've talked about this before, but I would love to go into detail more about this. Every Enneagram type has like a superhero trick. Mm. And for Enneagram type threes, they can alter who they are. They can actually... They can actually become (laughs) someone different depending on who they're talking Mm -hmm. to. So you could see, like, let's say Superman, when really they're Batman, but they are appearing to be Superman, Mm -hmm. so you believe they're Superman, right? So they can do the same thing with their feelings, if they have them, Mm -hmm. but in their actions, they are who you want them to be. And that can be really hard in a relationship for obvious reasons, right? If they don't know who they are, how can we figure out who they are? So if you are a three, that's definitely one of those triggers where you need to work on finding out like, who am I? And maybe I need to do a little self-discovery before I get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Watch for them being too eager and impression-based. Again, they can vary their personality. So you want to make sure that if you are getting into this relationship or if you are a three getting into a relationship, understand your why. Why am I wanting to impress this person? Is it because Mm -hmm. that's what I do? Or do I really care about this person? Um, And they really do desire true friendship. Um, They understand falsities. So they want to find someone who really is true and blows their mind in that factor. Someone who they can rely on even at their worst. So if you are a three, try to find somebody who you can trust, and who loves you for who you are. Yeah, great. So type four, you'll know you have a four in your life because they are intense. They want to feel all the highs and lows of life and experience all the depths of human emotions. And if you are in a relationship with them, they want you to be right there with them, experiencing these highs and lows, this dramatic roller coaster life. Uh, fours can be known to be high maintenance um, friends and partners. They might instigate drama just because they feel like stretching that expressive side. So fun for you if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. with a four. They also fear abandonment and will test the people in their life just to make sure you're still committed to them. Um, fours need friends who will be their stability in a sort of detached way. They need you to let them go through their deep emotions and simply just be there for them. Fours are more empathetic than any other type, um, which makes them amazing friends uh, when you're going through a hard time and they will show up for you in beautiful and supportive ways. Great. When I think of fours, I think of that quote, misery loves company. Yeah. (laughs) Total four. Yes. Okay, moving on to type five, the thinker. So when we think of the type five, they are the ones who love you from the inside. Mm. You're not always going to see it, but they love you and it is there. They definitely prefer alone time. Um, Oftentimes they're referred as, this is referred to as the hermitage. 
It's like they become little hermits that want their alone time and they'll snuggle up to that little chair in the corner and they don't want anybody to bother them and they're going to play their wonderful music. And I love that because that's where those type fives kind of rejuvenate, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are with a type five, understand that they want control of their personal time. They want to be able to talk about ideas, but you handle your own emotions. And that's important because it's not that they don't care. It's just that they don't understand why you would tell them their emotions because they're handling their own. So that's a definite growth area for you and if you're in a relationship with a type five. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, their tendency is to not share their feelings. Um, Feelings is going to come up a lot because this is relationships. So for type five, it's not that they don't have feelings Mm -hmm. or don't understand their feelings like some of the other types. They just don't want to share them. Mm -hmm. So that's something that would be huge if they were a type five and they shared their feelings with you, right? So watch for that. They definitely need their independence. And this independence thing is so key. So listen to this if you are a type five or with a type five. They need this independence. It's not that they want this. They need it. It's almost so much a part of them as blood running through their veins. So if you are or are with one, type fives need this. So honor it, own it, claim it, and move on. Schedule it into yes. the day. <laughs> <laughs> because it's going to make or break your relationship. Yeah. Um, I cannot stress that enough. So moving on. Um, they, they have a tendency to research and read. And we've talked about how our mom is a type five. I always wondered because being a type one and I have OCD tendencies, even though I'm not clinically OCD, I definitely like 90 degree angles. Who doesn't? Right. (laughs) So (laughs) when I was growing up with a type five, there'd always be like, in my mind, messes everywhere. Like there's a mess here and papers there and. There's always messes like everywhere, not just in one area. Like there's not just a junk drawer, there's messes. And the more I study the type five, like in their mind, they don't see those as messes. That's their research. That's a project they're in the middle of. Those are important things that are actually a part of who they are. And our mom being an artist and a teacher and all of those wonderful jobs, um, she does actually need those things and those are her work. Mm -hmm. So for a type five... This is my best way of saying it. Mess equals work equals who they are. Mm -hmm. So don't try to clean it up. (laughs) Don't try to define it. Just walk around it and love them for who they are. (laughs) You you can tell I have an obvious niche for this whole thing, but you know, it's been my entire life, but now it's very enlightening. So watch for a type five to initiate social engagements. This is not going to happen as a norm, but if they initiate it, it is not like a type one initiating a social event. Mm -hmm. This is, I care so much about you that I am going way outside of my comfort zone because I want to spend time with you. So own that and take it for what it is. Um, Watch for their lack of commitment. This could be a red flag. Watch for keeping you at bay. If they're keeping you at bay, there's a reason, and it's probably not a good one. 
Um, and then understand that the type fives, they have a tank. Some of us have tanks that are like overflowing always. And somehow the energy is just always there. Like that's me. And that's probably other numbers like the seven uh-huh. fives. Not so much. They come to an empty tank. So really be understanding of that when they are empty or near empty, give them time to rejuvenate. And celebrate exchanges. So those exchanges in conversation, those exchanges of, of fives giving knowledge or, or anything to you in form of relationship, really celebrate that because that's a huge thing for them to give. And then just real quickly to wrap up the five, they desire to be appreciated amongst their clutter. Um, they don't want to be stretched thin, so don't ask them to do every single thing in the world. Um, and then they do love... Um, and the way that they love you is by providing you with tools, by providing you with the things they know, Mm -hmm. um, and share secrets with them because guess what? They're probably the only one on the Enneagram (laughs) that's going to keep those secrets. So tell them your secrets. (laughs) Okay. That's it. Good one. All right. Type six, which is my type sixes. If you're in a relationship with a six, they are very hard to get to know. They keep their guard up and are always looking for security and certainty in their relationships. Sixes are always asking the question, are we still good? Is everything going to be okay? Um, Reassuring them of this is one of the best things that you can do in the relationship. They need that reminder of your commitment to them. So don't dismiss this. This is actually really important for the type six that you constantly remind them that we're good, everything's okay, are you good, I'm good, we're good. When sixes get stuck catastrophizing, have them walk you through what they're thinking. This will help them manage um, the situation, manage their stress, manage their anxiety, if they can talk through it. And remember, if you call them pessimists, they'll only argue that they're realists. So when stress is managed, sixes can be great companions, hard workers, and fun to be around. You mean pessimists aren't realists? (laughs) (laughs) What? Mind blown. (laughs) All right. No, it's so true. Okay, so moving on to type seven, the true optimist, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Denial to a fault is the best way we can describe the way they deal with relationships as the entertainer. They do not want to admit to anything ever being wrong in their life, Uh whether it's them, you, anyone in the surrounding area, nothing is (laughs) happening. They prefer, of course, spontaneity. So if you are one that hates spontaneity, do not go into a relationship with a type seven right now. Stop it. (laughs) Say goodbye. It's not going to work out. Um, They love keeping their options open, which is why they are commitment phobes. So understand that for a seven to commit is a huge deal. There are so many sevens that are still bachelors out there because they don't ever see that one person as being that one person. Mm -hmm. Um, which at a certain point, 90 years old, is probably going to be a bad thing, right? Adventure has no limits. So they really want that life of travel and fun and party and spontaneity. And, you know, when you think about, oh, I was that way in my 20s, this is them every day. Like this Mm -hmm. is their go-to. 
And this is how they live their life at their best. So if you love that and you are a seven, then own it because it makes you that fun person that everybody loves being around. Um, their tendencies, they're great companions, but they have a hard time sticking to one thing. So if you're in a relationship with them and you're struggling with, okay, let's nail down a time to talk about something. And if this is a constant, then make it something that needs to happen because it is going to be hard for them. And when they do it, make a big deal out of it because it might seem little, but for them to sit down and even schedule time with someone they really care about is committing to something. And it's super scary for them. It's just as scary for them to do that as for a six to go out of their way to do something that they that freaks them out and gives them anxiety, right? So it's very similar. Um, watch for their lack of commitment. Uh, their overly fascination of you. So they can swing one way or the other, right? I don't really know. Maybe we'll hang out or I love you. I'm texting you 70 times a day. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a typical seven. If you're noticing this overly fascination, it could be they're prone to gluttony, mm-hmm. which is something that can fade, right? That's not a constant. That's not something that's real. That's something that they are prone to giving into to satisfy their own needs. It's really not about you. And so check that. And then of course their avoidance of conflict. If there's a conflict that arises and you're, and you're wanting to deal with it and actually talk about the issues, if you see a continual avoidance, that's something that needs to be addressed, right? On both Mm -hmm. sides. Um, Watch out for putting, they tend to put people last on the list. So It's kind of like, oh, well, I want to hang out, but I'll let you know. (laughs) That phrase, for a one, that that absolutely drives me crazy. And that's (laughs) not happening in my life. But if you are a type seven in a serious committal, committed relationship, especially if it's a romantic, which is pretty much what we're talking about. If you are in that type of relationship, they need to put you at the top of their list. They need to make time for you. And you need to make time for those people if you care about them as a seven. So don't leave those open-ended agendas with the people you really care about because guess what? They're not going to want to be on the agenda if you keep doing that. And then sometimes dialing in your enthusiasm is okay. Like we love that you're the life of the party, but sometimes it's important to dial it in. You don't have to be the life of the party at all times. We love that, but you're also going to have down times, and that's okay too. Um, the desire for a seven is to really find somebody who is going to be sunshine with them, who's going to want the fun, who understands that they actually want to fulfill someone who is suffering. Like, not only are they an entertainer, that but they provide pleasure, right? They provide excitement to someone who doesn't understand how to create excitement. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely going to seek out those uh, somber people, those people that are, quote, suffering. <clears throat> um, but watch for that too because, again, motive, is this a relationship? Is Are we in this relationship for the right reasons? Does it make sense? Um I think I read something that said something about how sevens are never sad. And that's not true either. They do have sadness, but it's on their own terms. They kind of choose, well, I'm going to be sad when I listen to this song. Or I'm going to be sad when I watch this movie kind of thing. And that's how they release their 
sadness or their emotions and watch for that because if they're open to allowing you to see that, then that's a huge move for them in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just remember that they are wanting fun in life and they really are the life of the party. So that's oh, your seven. Fun. All right. Type eight. If you are in a relationship with an eight, you probably think we fight a lot. That's because eights invite attacks naturally. And as strange as it might sound to us other numbers, this is their way of connecting. They like to get an argument on. However, if unhealthy, they can easily go too far and push people away. And their constant confrontational manner is also a defense mechanism to keep their softer side safe from harm. They are always asking the question, can I trust me with you? They want to make sure that their best self can be trusted with you and that you are a trustworthy person. They want to be with someone who they feel safe enough to relax their defenses and reveal their true heart. So a few tips for you if you're in a relationship with a type 8 is show up for them. They want your honesty. They want your consistency. They want you to be confident. Um, So maybe just making a routine of every day you show up for them and let them be vulnerable with you. And then don't give up on them when they keep pushing you. This is their pattern. This is how they're trying to connect with you. So you kind of, if you're committed to the relationship, you're in it. So you have to wait that out and just be there for them. Yeah. My husband is a type eight with a seven wing. We've talked about him as a seven a lot, but he really truly is an eight. And it's funny because in the middle of an argument, I'll ask or I'll say something to the effect of, why are you starting an argument? (laughs) And he'll say, I'm not. I'm not. We're not arguing. And we're actually (laughs) literally in a conversation where we are differing on the situation, which in essence is an argument. And for some reason, he has a negative connotation to an argument. So he pretends that we're not arguing but we are arguing and so it's just hilarious because this happens to me almost every day because like Kelly admitted to it's inherent to who the eight is it's like to connect with you yes conflict (laughs) let's have some conflict and I'm like but I just want the truth give me the truth all right moving on to type nine I loved this type nine um for lack of a better word, phrase in reference to their relationship, we call them the easygoing snugglers, (laughs) which is such a cute way of saying the peacemaker, just in a different light. Mm -hmm. So the nines prefer snuggles on the couch as opposed Mm -hmm. to going out. They will always defer to time at home with their loved ones. They love those moments, those peaceful places. They actually do need peaceful places. So if you have a place in your home that you can carve out, whether it's a loft or a corner in your bedroom, they need a retreat place. And some of the other numbers could definitely use this as well, but nines need this. And this helps them kind of gain their quiet, gain their peace of mind, which makes them great peacemakers. They have tendencies to not complain about everything because of their idea of non-conflict, which can be great, except for in a relationship, right? Because conflict is part of being in a relationship. So Mm -hmm. that is a trigger and a tendency that we need to watch out for with type nines. If you are one, 
it's okay to complain. It's okay to, and if you don't like the word complain, it's okay to bring up things that are bothering you. You know, your voice is important. And then one thing that they also tend to be is kind of an inspiring spiritual person. I mean, if you know who Jesus is, Jesus is the peacemaker, right? So nines tend to be those types. Like they're always bringing people together and connecting Mm -hmm. people and understanding people and creating peace, which is why they're called that. So that's definitely... um, Someone who I love being in relationship with, whether it's a friend or it's romantic. Um, Romantic is not my choice because that's not what I chose, but they are definitely peaceful people. They're really easy to be around. Mm -hmm. However, you have to be careful to not squash who they are. So that's what we want to watch out for. Um, We want to watch out for the denial or their lack of confrontation. We want to watch out for them minimizing their problems and... Thinking that their suggestions don't matter. You know, it's like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. And I think of the example of like putting a Band-Aid over a bleeding heart. You're like, (laughs) well, the Band-Aid is now falling into the heart and we're still bleeding over here. Or a wound, you know, you're like, you're putting this little tiny Band-Aid and there's gushing blood out of the arm and the arm's about to fall off. You're like, oh, it'll be okay. I'll just look the other way. Like, that's not going to work. So we need to take care of the issues, be okay with conflict. And one way to be okay with conflict is to surround yourself by people who you feel comfortable with, especially romantically. You need to partner with someone who is a safe place for you, Mm -hmm. who can listen to you and understand, even if they don't agree with you, who can listen to you and validate you as a person and your ideas for what they are. Uh, nines definitely desire to be someone to reach for you know they may seem peaceful and kind of at their own but they want to be reached for and desire just like anybody else and even though even though they don't always speak up like some of the other numbers they would love to say how they feel sometimes if not all times and so if you are in a relationship with them ask them what they think Mm -hmm. you know what do you think about it What do you think about this issue? And that will go miles in that relationship. And one thing I love about nines is they are friends for life. They're those people that you can not see for years and then you see them and you just pick back up right where you left off. And that's the beauty of relationship with a nine. So that's all we have for relationships. As always, you can listen to our podcast online or in our social media outlets. I'm Jenny Wigglesworth. I'm Kelly White. Thank you so much for listening to this season. We cannot wait to start another one. Stay tuned.